0: Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, now. It is picked up by the line, coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30, it's at the 40. Drink it in, 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 man.
1: Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo. Caught. Touchdown to Cordy, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in.
0: Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Cornbread.
1: Ever. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Detroit Kool Aid. Detroit Kool Aid drinkers. We are here on a Wednesday. And we are coming off a W. Griffka, before I even introduce you, before I get the people all just psyched up with that Detroit Kool-Aid, I mean, you know how we do it on the show. Drink it in, man. Uh... Before we serve it up for him, Grifka, let's just play a little audio clip for the people from this past Sunday against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Take a listen to this, everybody. So when they're backed up find a way and when you have a matthew shepard running the show you can
0: do it this will be a 39 yard field goal attempt and the kick by matt Prater is good and the lions have taken a 26 to 23 lead and the
1: game is over the detroit lions have ended an 11 game losing streak 11 game losing streak grifka the first win of 2020 it's been over 336 days i believe since the detroit lions won a football game and we're here to talk all about it right here on the detroit kool-aid cast grifka what's going on man how are you
0: oh man you know me it's big w man so you know i gotta be doing good doing good oh <laughs> no my god this was like you no, know, it was like almost like early christmas present man i wasn't expecting this i was expecting you know everybody heard me last show thought it was going to be the uh you know, they're going to go out there in Turkey and not be able to stop, you know, the, the hyped Kyler Murray, you saw through that, you know, kudos to you, Derek, gosh, that was a, it was a good win on Sunday, real good win. <laughs>
1: Griffco we're going to talk all about it. We're going to be scattershot on this show. We're not going to bore you like some of the other Lions podcasts out there where they, um, hi, everybody. Um, So the Lions won on Sunday. Let's go ahead and start at the first quarter and go. No, we're, we're not going to do any of that. We're going to be all over the place. But griffco before we really get rolling, I just want to take a moment to pat myself on the back for the incredible motivation that I gave the Detroit Lions last week where I ripped them a new one on the Wednesday show. I was all over certain players. I had just, uh, you know, was uh, critiquing everybody left and right. I wasn't serving up the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. I'd had enough. I was frustrated. And you know why I did that, Grifco. You know why I did that?
0: You just uh, said you had you had enough?
1: No, I did that to motivate Griff I, I Somebody had to kick these guys in the rear end and it had to be me. So I called out people like, I don't know, Jamie Collins for his effort. I called out Tracy Walker, one of my guys, one of my favorite players on the team for, for not making the big type of plays or using his length or being able to make tackles impactfully, not 10, 15 yards down the field. I mean, I called out quite a few players on that. And most of those guys showed up in this ball game. I mean, and then on that Friday show, I, I pumped them up. And, and like you said, you, you, you went with the tide, you know, oh, we're going to get beat by 21 points, blah, blah, blah. And I, I not only motivated these guys fired them up. So let's go hit somebody in the mouth. Let's rattle the cage of the five foot four Kyler Murray and tell him, not only can you not ride the Disney rides, you can't play on Sunday against the Detroit lions, multiple turnovers. I think I mentioned that almost every show, Griffka, I mean, it it just only seems right off the top to take all the credit for this W. The Detroit Kool Aid cast got it done. Well, at least I did, don't you think?
0: Yeah, they must have listened to it on you know on the flight out to Arizona, and those guys really looked themselves in the mirror. They said, you know, this Derek Okri guy, he knows what he's talking about. We should come down here at Allen Park one practice. You can do like a you know one of those motivational speeches at practice, you know, something <laughs> like that. I mean, yeah, they we must have really heard you, man. practice. <laughs>
1: Talking about practice, Griffin. Griff, this was the talk I had with Jamie Collins. Let me just sum it up for you. I was like, hey, Jamie Collins. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> I, I just had to get right into Jamie Collins. What does he do? He's picks. He's getting pressures on the quarterback. He's all over the football field. I mean, let, let, let's get into this, man. There's so much to talk about. I, I feel like the Lions just, the reason I beat him up last Wednesday, Griff, was I, I didn't see effort. I didn't see a want to, I saw poor tackling, I saw just just things that don't happen in other NFL games against the Green Bay Packers. But that's why I'm so proud of this W, because I feel like from start to finish, the Lions didn't play a perfect football game. We'll get to some of the questions I had or some of the concerns I still have, but I thought for four quarters... They hung in there. They they rolled with the tide. They kept their head on straight. They made plays. They turned the football over. They didn't give it away. Very, you know, Matt Stafford protected it well and made plays when they had to. And and that's that's really what NFL games come down to is you know hanging in there, making plays, and showing up big late in the fourth quarter. And and a certain guy did that. And I think you know who he is, Grifka. Starry! 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 Oh, number nine was big on that final drive, showed up big and made plays. So what'd you think overall, before we start getting into some of the different things I got here on my mind today?
0: The effort was definitely there. I thought the team would be down. I don't know if they uh, heard what uh, Mr. Cliff Kingsbury had to say about their defense. And I was reading all the stuff afterwards that they were looking for respect and, you know, the defense was kind of tired of it. And, yeah, so maybe they did look them, themselves in the mirror, but that was probably the most uh, motivated I've seen them play out of the three games this year. It seemed in the Chicago game we talked about it. When they got up in the second half, they just kind of like, okay, we got this. And then when it started to go off the wheels, they really couldn't pull it back. This whole game, they seemed to be in there fighting. It was uh, – pressure was brought, you know, by the defense. Uh, they called it up, and I was just uh, very, very impressed with the uh, the definite 180 from week two to week three that this team had.
1: Yeah, it was definitely felt different, looked different. You know, they I, I don't have the exact numbers, but I, I want to say they, they really played, you know, 40% uh, of zone and the rest man coverage. There were still some frustrating things to see in coverage from Okuda, even though he made the big interception. But overall, I think they just not only mixed it up, but one thing Matt Patricia does that he doesn't get a lot of credit for is he, he does... Kind of go week to week with the things that he does um, in, in regards to how he's trying to win. And I felt like in this game, his 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 concept was to sort of you know get get pressure in the face of Kyler Murray so he couldn't see and and then you know play the football on the back end, meaning like have guys in positions to be able to pick and get tips and 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 tackle, keep guys in front of you, things like that. And I think all that came to fruition and, and helped get the W um, it, it was nice to see. I mean, it was one of those games where I even had some friends and stuff that were thinking, here we go again, you know, this is going to be, uh, another one we lose late. And, uh, there were definitely some moments where, uh, you know, I had my questions, but that's again, another reason I was so proud because I felt like that's what everybody was thinking. And they did kind of the exact opposite. They not only hung in there, they showed up big on that fourth quarter drive, Matt Pat had to make a couple tough coaching calls; those seem to work out. I mean, I put this under the team win category, top to bottom. Really proud of the Lions, and people can say, "Oh, they're it's just one win." Like you look back at it, like team should easily be two and one right now, and and embarrassed by their performance in Green Bay. Absolutely, but two and one would be much better. DeAndre Swift makes that play. You know, ifs and buts, I get it, but you know. This was a big win. It was a road win. It was against a team that was really hot. It was against a big-time offense. And what was our big issue? The defense. And not only did we hung in there, we only gave up 23 points, and we put up points. Just lots of good things to build on, I think.
0: Yeah. Now, one part I really liked, and I know – you're gonna say y'all oh, Mike bringing it down, you know, blue, blue, boo, blue. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> but uh, that pass that Stafford through late in the game to Marvin Hall—that was a touchdown that was called back because of the holding. That—that that was just such a pretty ball, and the way Hall got behind the defenders. And I mean, it was—it had to be one of the best deep balls I've seen Stafford ever throw. That just wasn't, you know, a jump ball to Calvin or something like that. Where, no, it hit him in stride, and you know, nice catch over the shoulder, perfectly put where only Hall would be able to catch it. That was I was so impressed by that I like jumped out of my seat and then I saw the flag <laughs> thing and was like oh gosh, but still that was I I love that pass I mean that was just such a nice pass,
1: Grifka, That's not bringing it down. That's giving nine some love. <laughs> that was a hell of a ball. Your your boy Marvin Hall, uh, doing what he does catching forty fifty yard balls and and here's the thing on that play we're just again we're jumping around here on this show. In my opinion, if that's not a flag, that's a touchdown because he came on top of the defender rolled in the end zone. So, you know, yeah, good. We get the touchdown. Good Matt Safford and Hall get those get those statistics. But I don't know that you want the touchdown right there. Even the ball in the one would have been better because then you could basically take a couple knees and, and do what they did is kick a field goal. So it's kind of fortunate grifka i know they can find you at grifka dkc we know uh but uh you know on twitter somebody put out the the all 22 of that and it's it's a really weak holding i mean i'm I'm sure you weren't surprised that fox didn't go show it again um is is it just me grifka or the fox announcers just blatantly rooting against the lions every game it's like when the other team does something incredible the the announcer goes ballistic and when we make a play on a football it's like he's depressed it's just it was that dick Stockton or whatever he's garbage he's freaking horrible
0: yeah he's uh he's been around for a bit but uh yeah it seems like that I don't know people say it's like oh you only say that because you're a Lions fan and they're like you know other teams feel the same way but no that first game you know we listened to they pretty much love Mitch Trubisky and now he's benched and Matt Nagy's like, yeah, Foles are a from now on. And everybody knows Aaron Rodgers. Everybody, you know, sips at the cup of Aaron Rodgers. So, and then, yeah, Kyler Murray's been deemed, you know, the next greatest thing. Look what he did. He came back and beat San Francisco. And, you know, look how they ran up on a poor Washington team. And, you know, this guy's, you know, the second coming. And, you know, this is going to be the new new style offense. And, you know, Detroit went in there and, you know, threw some things at them and, you know, switched up their defenses, brought some pressure. And, you know, really, uh, you know. You know, played great, you know, and you know, you really got to hand it, hand it to the Lions, come back that way.
1: And Grifka, he's on every show to remind you of the gimmicks or why a lot of people listen to this show. But you, you can't mention uh, your boy, Aaron Rodgers, without doing a mini rant. But it, but getting in a word, I don't know, it begins with S, ends with mug. Can you do that for the people? Give them a, give them a little Aaron Rodgers rant just to for some fun today. Well, yeah,
0: Aaron Rodgers, you know, he was all mad because they didn't take a wide receiver or any offensive things. And he's like, "Everybody's like, oh, he's just going to go and show the world. No, dude, you still get calls. You're still pretty smug. You're still a jerk. And, you know, it's it's kind of like the worst thing. And, you know, watching that, you know, I was watching the, uh, the uh, Sunday night game, you know, and they were like, you know, come on, New Orleans, in New Orleans' house, and they're still kind of like, well, it's a blatant pass interference. Well, you know, like their offensive wide receiver is not pushing off, so they can use the term hand fighting, you know, when Green Bay does it, oh, there's some hand fighting there. Um, no, that guy's pushing off, so, uh, but yeah, they were, you know, oh, New Orleans got the pass interference. We're just like kind of like giving them the ball. Oh, here, you guys go down and score. We're good with this. Whatever. Yeah, it's nice that you guys want a trophy named after your coach, you know. Give me a break.
1: Aaron Rodgers, one of the most smug individuals. Grifka loves to remind us weekly that the trophy's named after their coach, and I can't wait till number 12 gets knocked off his pedestal he's up there riding high like he's gonna he's gonna take home the trophy this year you you know they're gonna like fade at the back half of the year he's gonna get injured break his collarbone like he does every other year it's ridiculous but let's get back to the cardinals griff because so i got i got tons of things written down here of just random stuff to talk about um we've talked about a lot of positive here i want to throw one thing at you that just got me uh befuddled here on the show and that's where the hell is DeAndre Swift? I mean, he took this guy in the second round. He's one of the most silky athletes I've seen the Lions have in a while. Yeah, I get it. He's a rookie. I understand he hasn't made a a bunch of plays yet, but that's probably because the Lions have gone Lions and act like no rookies can just be out there and, and you make tons of plays. Like, it, this guy saw six snaps or something, and he caught, like, one 20- or 30-yard ball. You didn't see him. Like, I was on Twitter going is DeAndre Swift hurt? Like, I, it's second quarter, late second quarter. I haven't even seen number 32 in the ballgame. And then he makes the one mistake where he doesn't read the hot route. You just yank him for the rest of the game. Like, you need this guy out there to be dynamic in the passing game, stretch out defenses. I guarantee he can help you based on what he's done in college, the skill set he has. Nobody else can do that from the Lions, from a running back perspective. So, Griff could talk to me about DeAndre Swift just being not used at all even though we're happy about the W. This is issue for me
0: yeah i don't know what's going on there it's just maybe they think because there was very you know like no you know preseason you know you know offseason workouts and he's only at training camp maybe they're still thinking he needs to get his feet wet and i don't know but uh or like they're just like okay Adrian peterson's like really showing up we're gonna like really start feeding him the ball but you know for as nice as he's looked i mean it's a long season so you're gonna have to at some point, you know, stop, you know, you know, watch the carries for Adrian Peterson get swift out there. He did have that nice catch where he scampered up along the sidelines, got the first down. But uh, yeah, when I saw that, he only had six touches. I'm just like, wow, really? I mean, this is your second round pick and this is the guy. And there was points where they had the offensive sets in there on third down and like carry on Johnson's in there. And I'm like, well, he's in there for pass blocking. And that's what they did. I mean, he was, you know, he's in there for pass blocking. And so <laughs> it's like, you're pretty much once again, you're, cutting down your offensive playbook. Cause I think even teams are starting to realize that like third down and, you know, mid to long and carry on Johnson going to be in there. Well, he's not running around. He's just in there for blocking. So, um, <laughs> I think where we say Swift can catch the ball, you know, which he, you know, he's, he's good at it. I think you're really, you know, downsizing your playbook when you do that. So I'd like to see Swift in there a little more, you know, get the guy in there. It's just, we I've said it before running back, blocking, picking up blitzes all um, mentality. And, uh, he definitely needs to get more touches if that's your second round pick. If not, then he's just kind of, it's kind of a wasted year. If you're just going to let him be the third guy and just kind of ride pine.
1: So in summary, Grifka, in regards to DeAndre Swift, you're uh, not quite for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of for sure that they're going to waste away his rookie year. if they're going to do this, We're just getting JD McKissick touches. If they're going to try to find more ways to get Jamal Agnew involved in the offense. It seems like they really worked hard at that, which I'm like, and the the funny thing is that first play that he caught, all I can think about this is that Twitter beef you told me after the first game you had with that guy saying yeah. hey, Jamal Agnew would have caught that, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay. I'm like, all of a sudden, like Jamal Agnew is like becoming this, like this big part of the offense is just like, really? Okay, that's that's nice. You got a new toy, so you want to play with it a little bit. But, you know, get the guys into that actually, you know, play offense.
1: Grifka, give give Jamal Agnew a Grifka congratulations for me.
0: Yeah, congratulations. <laughs>
1: so so Grifka this is what's called a take let, let, let me let me do something because your are roundabout answer about DeAndre Swift I mean it, it basically did this it drives me freaking blockers <laughs> because Griffka, when you draft a guy in the second round that played at Georgia that can catch the football score touchdowns got crazy wiggle has exceptional acceleration and you give him not six touches Griffka. I'm pretty sure he had six snaps one was a completion for 30 the other one was a ball that hit him in between the three and the two on the back of his his jersey and that was about all you saw from the guy all day if, I, if I'm not mistaken so hey Bob Quinn hey Matt Patricia hey Daryl Bevel get your playmakers out on the football field and score points I know you want to bring these guys along like they're a baby in kindergarten but every other team I see I don't know like the Kansas City Chiefs are putting Clyde Edwards out there 90% of the snaps he's just out there running catching uh, even last night in the Monday night game or, or Earlier this week, he's uh he's out there when the game's on ice, still running the ball hard up the middle and, and getting touches. So you got to involve DeAndre Swift. I mean, yeah, I, if somebody got after me on Twitter, oh, because Adrian Peterson is a beast. Nobody said Adrian Peterson isn't a beast. He's he's running the football great. I can't believe it sometimes when he's making these hop cuts and running for 20, 25 yards. I think he caught a ball out of the backfield, too, and rumbled for a good 15-plus a couple times in this game. I mean, he's been excellent. He's a great veteran. I don't want him not to get the ball, but... If you're just going to ice DeAndre Swift because of a rookie mistake or because you think he's not a hundred percent ready. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not going to get ready just standing on the sideline. Um, so let's get him involved. And I love your take Grifka on carry on because I was the guy a couple years ago that said, well, all right, we found a running back. This is the guy. And I'm surprised, or I'm sure you will start beating me up about that. But Griffka, he's not the guy. This guy's after the knee injuries, that, that stupid brace that he wears, I mean, I have no faith in on Johnson. I've tried to move him in all of my fantasy leagues. I feel like he is a glorified offensive lineman now. And you, you should take that as a negative and as a knock on on the player because you're only going to see glimpses. I mean, what he had, one, one or two runs in this game that were decent and a whole lot of pass protection his pass protection was really good. The the times he was in there he got his face in there and picked up people and that helped us make plays. So, I mean, I hate to have a second round pick that had the talent carry on had be in that role, but I just think the injuries have caught up to him and they, the lions have said, Hey, this is what we need you to be great at. And he's, he's good at that, but I don't think you're going to see many more plays in running and catching for number 33. I think it's going to be very limited, especially this season, but Let's get 32 in there along with Adrian. Peace! Can we do that, please? Because... I just I was real frustrated about it, but let, let's get back to the good Grifka and let's talk about a man that I know you have to have a take on. Actually, I'm gonna throw two at you that I just know you're gonna love right here. The first one is I don't know T.J. Hawkinson, Grifka. Are you ready to admit that this guy is really coming along? He's a little weapon. He's able to move sticks on third down. He's he's much more consistent catching the football. Seems to be more physical in the in the blocking game. Really coming along. I think is a nice tight end and and he's had limited usage. Like He's been great every time he gets the ball. The problem is he's still not getting the ball enough. What are your thoughts on TJ Hawkinson? And then I'll ask you about another certain player after that.
0: Um, Hawkinson's taking the step forward. I really like the, uh, was it plays, I think it was in the fourth quarter with lines of driving and Stafford went to him um, a couple plays in a row where he really used his body. To block out the safety that was guarding him, and that's perfect for him. I and mean, it's great how he can do that. And he's you know catching the ball really well, and yes, his blocking has improved. i um, still don't like it at the eighth pick, but uh, you know he's he's really <laughs> yeah, he's he's really coming along, taking that uh, step forward that we need him to be, need him to do. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's, Daryl uh, Bevel, I, I think let's... he's he's playing pretty well this year.
1: Let's dial 88 up a little more. Daryl Bevel, I mean, he's been great. But like I said, those little catches over the middle on third and medium, the the little um, crossing routes he runs where Stafford puts it right on him, he's able to turn it upfield. Those, those are great. So I really like what I'm seeing there. Grifka, you know, the, the next player, I mean, again, let's just take out some random players here to ask you about. Let's talk about Taylor Decker, Grifka. Um, you know, Taylor Decker had a 94.2 run blocking grade in PFF. I don't know. I think you've been quoted on the show of saying, uh, you know, he can't run block at all. He's not a very good football player. Grifka, he seems to be sixth overall in, in, in tackles in, in regards to his overall rating, both run and pass. I mean, he shut down uh, Cleo Mack. He didn't hear peep one, really, from Chandler Jones pretty much in this ballgame. I can't remember uh, the Smith brothers giving us a whole bunch of trouble in Green Bay off that left end. I mean, Taylor Decker's been good. And don't give me some garbage about the one-offs, oh, you know, uh false start he had. I mean, this guy's has great numbers. We've paid him long-term. He's been playing good football. Are you ready to give him any credit, or is he going to have to choke slam you at training camp through the barricade?
0: I'll, I'll still wait for the choke slam through the barricade. Three games.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so nothing good to say about our left tackle, despite it's all the stats. Completely average.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, Stafford went down a bunch. I mean, offensive line a oh. whole line, you know. Just Gosh, me, uh, one guy.
1: So. All right. All right. That, that's, that's an embarrassment to you, Grifka, that you can't give this guy any credit. But, I, okay, I get it. The people probably figured you, you'd be stubborn in that way or be negative still. So So let me give you another player to talk about. I've talked about two of my faves and two that I knew you would hate. Let me throw this one out because I'm really curious your take on this guy. <laughs> what about the – punter love for Fox. (laughs) This guy is being talked about by Eric Schlitt. Like he's going to be in the hall of fame. Like tomorrow, Eric Schlitt loves him. Some, I don't even know the guy's first name. Is it Jason Fox? Is that right?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah, all I know is he can, he, he, he he can kick that ball, man. I don't know where they found this guy. I don't know how this guy wasn't drafted. That's, I mean, you see guys draft, you see teams draft punters late, you know, just kind of like, Oh yeah, he's pretty good. But, this guy, oh my gosh, How is this guy in that draft? He's like Say, booming we, the ball.
1: We don't even know his name, but yeah, Jack Fox. I mean, okay, you're going on and on about him.
0: Could be Chris. Samantha Fox, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. He's,
1: <laughs> he's a punter, though. <laughs> like, I agree he's been good and he's boomed a bunch, but it's it's three games from a punter. Is is he helping us? I don't, I don't know. It just seems crazy to me that, you know, Uh, this guy gets so much love. I, I feel like he's been good, but I'm just not willing to go crazy about it.
0: Well, he hasn't shanked one yet. The old Sam Martin way. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm saying right now he's a little better. He's harking back to the days of the old uh, Jim Arnold. If flying fans remember who Jim Arnold was,
1: <laughs> Griffka, you know I hated me some Sam Martin. I mean, what he come out there with his towel, his knapsack, his his stickum on his gloves, his visor. He had uh, he had every gimmick under the book, almost like you here on on the Detroit Kool Aid cast. So I'm glad he's gone. But I just laugh over people that are, wow, Jack Fox is the best punter in football. Oh, he's got these ratings got this average it's like yeah i'm happy he's done well but he's not gonna win us games by himself by the six punts he has per game can he flip the field can he pin people deep is that important absolutely i'm not trying to say it's not important but i just think it's funny that i think i was listening to matt Derry on lockdown lions and he's like jack fox is a beast <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I'm like, what? He's a okay, I ain't going that far.
1: <laughs> I'm know? like, he's a he's punter, really bro. He he's, he's been a good punter. He's not a freaking beast, okay? Like, uh, he's got to keep it up for this is a Griffka gimmick, but I mean, do it for more than a, a half a season before people start going crazy. And he's a freaking punter i know there are people too, hashtag rich Eisen, but i mean come on i just think it's crazy the kind of love this guy gets so um you know i was curious what you thought about him but uh he's he helped us in this in a, in a few games this year but don't don't be giving him w's or giving him a gold jacket let's put it that way
0: easier yeah, I actually mean, he, he is a he is a punter i mean he's not <laughs> Ray guy. He's a red guy great guy kicks the ball and Go down and make the tackle actually. So much exactly. love to uh, former Raider. So uh
1: Gricka, let's let's talk about these turnovers. Again. My my go to on this show, I think it's tried and true in the NFL. You win the turnover battle, you win football games, the Lions have completely been awful at this since late mid last year. And when they didn't have their quarterback, I don't know how people expect you to win ball games. When you have a, a third string, nobody quarterback and you can't turn the football over or get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. That's pretty good formula to lose ball games. So I felt like this game, We found ways to, uh, you know, one ball came right to Daron Harmon. The other one was a great little sneaky play by Collins. And then a hell of a play by the young kid Okuda after he kind of had a pretty rough day where he was playing, you know, 18 yards off coverage and just, you know, pushing DeAndre Hopkins out of bounds time after time. He came up big with that crossing route. Got a pick. I mean, aren't you with me that if they can go... You know, get interceptions and and get create fumbles and, and have a sack or two. That that's really how you win in the National Football League.
0: Yeah, Derek, I have to agree with you on that. That's uh, <laughs> people, you know, you hear it all the time. You know, uh, whoever wins a turnover battle generally wins the game. But I mean, it's got to be defensive scheme as well. I mean, they actually. Decided to bring some pressure too, and made, uh, like you said, the little man have to get rid of the ball. And you know, when guys are in his face, he can't see over them, so he's just kind of chucking the ball up. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was almost. almost after the first interception, I kind of rubbed my eyes to make sure I was seeing it right. I'm like, did that just happen? <laughs> you know, I thought I was going to, you know, snap out of it and just go back to the game, but no, you know, they, no, it's got the interception. You know, he didn't... and then they get, you know, Collins got one. I was like, wow, man, this is utterly amazing. <laughs> and Derek, Derek obviously gave him the pep talk.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had to get in. I had to get in on these some of these fools and get them turned in the right direction. Grifka, is there anything better other than the smug Aaron Rodgers having issues turning the football over than watching the pint-sized Kyler Murray turn the football over again and again? I mean, him with his stupid headband on and his big gold chain, and him out there trying to act like he's the greatest thing since sliced white bread, and it's like. Kyler Murray, man, you've made a few plays, okay, you can scamper around from time to time, like, I just love it that when real men that are 6'5 are right in front of him, he's just chucking the ball to an area, hoping that somebody's open, because this, this guy can't ride the typhoon race, uh, or typhoon ride at the amusement park, he, he can't, he's not going to be able to survive in the NFL, I'm here to tell you, and all this love he was getting was just like, whatever, man. Like, uh, you know, I'm just glad he got put in his place. And I loved his smug, stupid look over there where he's complaining to his coach. He's got that just far away look in his eye. Like he can't believe everything's not going perfect for him. Oh man. It made my Sunday. It was so great to watch. I'm sure you got that, uh, that gif I sent you where I sent Kyler Murray a little message. I didn't put that out on Twitter, but I thought that was just for you. And a couple of my buddies.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that's the, uh, you know, that's the know your role right there it's just like you got a little love made a couple plays and you know everybody's like oh my gosh look at this guy this is a he's he's gonna transcend is he gonna change the game no nope. back to what you were i mean it's gonna be the same as always you know i mean set up four state Seeing quarterbacks like him all the time you know they come in think they're gonna change the world you know re- revitalize the game it's gonna be totally different with a guy out there running around but yep whatever You you up a bunch of stats at a a crappy football conference and everybody thinks you're uh you know you're gonna be like you know the next best thing and you're changing everything and i know people like well look at lamar jackson yeah you're right you know lamar jackson you know he you know once again teams know how to shut down running quarterbacks you got to keep them in the pocket you got to let them throw the ball you know let them do that so that's what the Lions did with Kyler Murray. That's what Kansas City did with Lamar Jackson. It's like, okay, whatever. Go ahead. Make him throw the ball.
1: <laughs> Grifka, we got so much more to talk about. We'll do it after the break. But before we go to break, I think you said something like know your role to Kyler Murray. So I think I'll just give him a couple messages from me and you to him. And that's simply this. Hey, uh, hey Kyler Murray. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> hey, this is from the Lions. Oakry and Grifka here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Hey Kyler Murray on Sunday, you know what you had? You know what you had? You little pint sized four foot two nothing wannabe quarterback with your headband, your gold chain, your dumb look on your face. You know what kind of you know what you had on Sunday? No chance, but that's what you got. <laughs> there it is, Grifka. I think we've said enough. I think what time is it now, Grifka, when we normally go to break. Help me out here
0: time to pay some bills man
1: <laughs> we got to pay those bills we gotta to go to the pay window and we'll do that that's straight up a uh, shout out to benny blades um everybody we'll take a quick break we'll be right back you ready
0: showtime on may
1: 3rd summer starts with the fall guy let's do it later let's drink a spicy margarita
0: make some bad decisions yes
1: Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, back from the break again. We say it every week, but we really mean it. Uh, thank you so much for listening to our sponsors. We got Anchor Podcast, we've got Spotify. They're really always helping out the show, keep the lights on, keep this thing going. We really have a ton of fun doing it, especially when the Lions get Ws. Um, those are always fun shows to do. So we're we're having fun with this uh, Cardinal show. Be coming to you Friday morning talking about the New Orleans Saints. I'm sure Grifka will say something to get me upset on that show, but we try to entertain, have some fun. And then if you want to check out my other podcast on Thursday mornings, that's Believe, B-L-E-A-V, and Lions with... Lions legendary safety, Benny Blades. Um, You know, he he likes to talk about the Hurricanes every five seconds, but he loves his Lions, and uh, I'm sure he's going to be fired up to talk about this W against the Arizona Cardinals. So can't wait to do it. Um, Definitely hit that subscribe button. Um, Share this with a friend, no doubt about it. Grifka, if if they happen to want to maybe find you on social media, maybe either make fun of you, say one of your gimmick lines, harass you about TJ Hawkinson, um or or Taylor Decker, where could they where could they find you?
0: Um, anybody wants to do that, including uh, Taylor Decker and T.J. Hawkinson, you can find me at at Grifka D.K.C. That's at G.R.I.F. as in Frank K.A.D.K.C. So uh, please hunt me down. I would love to speak with you, T.J. Hawkinson, especially you, Taylor Decker. <laughs> I had to spell my last name because Ohio State and spelling is not very high in guys' list from Ohio State.
1: <laughs> Grifka, um, it. If somebody tweets at you, what's the probability that you might actually get back to them with a humorous uh, comment or maybe some type of response? I mean, what's the probability? Maybe like one out of ten?
0: Well, no, it ultimately depends on what what it's about. (laughs) Somebody's just looking for some pathetic argument like TJ Hawkinson's great or Taylor Decker's great. (laughs) Yeah, okay, I see where that's going. But, you know, to uh, actually explain to me why, you know, you feel TJ Hawkinson's awesome, we could have a little banter. (laughs) Or, you know, why he was – we could have a little banter. Or why Taylor Decker, you know, is like overrated and he's completely average. (laughs) Yes, I might agree, and I would like that very much.
1: Oh, my gosh, people. I I yell at Grifka at least least probably two to three times a week about trying to help out the show, maybe put out something humorous, maybe interact with people on Twitter, maybe share the show. I mean – Everybody that listens know that I'm the workhorse of the show. I mean, Grifka shows up, couple hours, tries to make you laugh with a couple things that uh, he he says, and away we go. But I got him somewhat positive. The Lions beat the Cardinals. We talked about a lot today, Grifka. Let's dive back into this ball game. I've got a a question for you, but I already think I know the answer. So it's kind of late in the ball game, mid fourth quarter, whatever it was. I wasn't able to really find it on the highlights that I watched. There was a point in the game where we were kind of in that no man's land. You could punt it. You could kick a field goal. And the Lions decided to punt it. I know I talked with a couple friends as it happened and said, man... You know, I, I still would have put my faith in Matt Prater to make a deep. I think it was probably a 53, 55-yard field goal somewhere in that range because I think it would have put us up at the time. Do you know the, the situation I'm talking about and were you in let's try go for a field goal and get up in this game or did you like it that they punted it and I think they held them, you know, again, the, the future Hall of Famer, the greatest punter of all time, Jack Fox, put the ball within the five-yard line, I believe, so it ended up working out. But what would you think of that scenario?
0: Um, I like the punt thing. Uh, I know everybody's like, oh, Prater's got the leg. he can make it. But uh, I don't know. I, I just like how they did that. They obviously felt the defense was playing pretty well. And obviously the man, the myth, the soon-to-be Hall of Famer, you know, Mr. <laughs> You know, the wonderful Wiley Fox, He uh, you pinned him deep in the defense held. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, I like I said, it worked out. But, man, I was questioning at the time. I felt like it was playing a bit scared or, or, or basing things. I don't know, like Grifka does on the show based on what happened weeks ago when really all that matters is would he have made that field goal? And instead, they uh, they went ahead and punted it. But it, it all ended up working out. Um, let's see. What else we got here? I thought Matt Stafford was okay throughout the game. I feel like he missed some throws. I think we buried the lead. I don't. I I don't know how I didn't bring this up. I I guess because it's not on my sheet because this guy's an absolute waste of space, piece of garbage. But what about what about the outlaw Jesse James? Uh, absolutely stealing a touchdown early in this football game. You know why he stole a touchdown, Grifka? Because like I said on Twitter, at Derek Oakry, he's been stealing money from the Detroit Lions since he signed here. But all of a sudden, we sneak him out of a a tight set. And of course, nobody covered him because the guy hasn't made a play since he put on the Honolulu Blue. But he makes the catch. He scores. Is is it just me or is he still an absolute waste? But hey, I'll take the touchdown.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm going to borrow a line from your friend here. I think he (laughs) finally showed up and played because last time he picked up his check something said on it like not sufficient funds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Danny blades uh, loves to talk about the, uh, if a guy should get paid or not based on what he did. And yeah, Jesse James has nowhere close to earned his contract. You know, what made me laugh is like, so he catches the ball, on like the three, <laughs> He he looks like he's stuck in mud when he catches it. And he puts his arm out for like the ultimate stiff arm. Like before he even turns his body around, just looks like he's frightened that he's going to get hit by someone. It's like, how about you just learn how to run? That would be nice <laughs> like you're just a six foot six six foot seven s- stick in the mud is what this guy is, but uh he made a couple plays in this game. I mean, I think it was good by Daryl Bevel saying, you know who they won't expect to ever get the football or ever make a play? The outlaw Jesse James, <laughs> and that was the case. I mean total surprise uh, attack by Daryl Bevel and company, so hey man, it worked out, but wow, this guy can't play. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Whatever, he's just gonna be like he's gonna be a featured part of the offense now. The out now, <laughs> stealing the ball from TJ Hawkinson.
1: Oh my goodness, I sure hope not. Grifka, I want to talk about the late game, but I want to throw out two other side funny nuggets. So again, I just mentioned our twitters. If you were keeping uh, halfway paying attention, uh, I put out a tweet on Monday morning and it went something like this. Hey Mike Villani, ninety-seven one, you are a worthless, miserable human being, my friend, because this guy... It doesn't matter what any team in this city does. If you're not perfect in every sense of the word, if you haven't won a championship every single season, you've been in existence. This guy wants to fire everyone, tank the season, get the draft picks, bring in the top free agents. He's He's got it all figured out. I mean, the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers and the people love this tweet. Grifka, again, blowing up with hundreds of likes and retweets because people hate Mike Valene, and it's basically because he's just a miserable negative just guy that loves to he here's his gimmick here's the only two go-tos he has grifka he he bashes the lions when they uh when they lose you know he turns it into a clown show for ratings or because that's what he likes to do on the show and then when they win a ball game and they play tough you got to hear three plus hours of him just saying why it wasn't a good win why the team's no good why this is going to be bad because now they can't fire everyone like those are the only two things he can go to. I don't I don't know if this guy has any clue about football or if, they, if those are just two, you know, things he has on record. He just plays one of the two of them on Monday through Friday, and and th- maybe he's not even live on the air. I, I don't know what this guy's problem is, but like I said, lots of Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers out there don't want to hear this guy. And they were giving me grief like I'm sitting there listening to him for... You know, every day of the week, three hours is like, no, I had to listen to him for two seconds. And it was the same thing he's done the past decade here in this town. And yeah, I just turn the channel. I go to something else that's halfway uh, intelligent and actually entertaining rather than the same old, same old from this guy that hates our teams. Like, hey, thanks for being the, the radio host in Detroit and hating all of our teams. Appreciate it. Did you happen to catch wind of this, Grifka? Got any takes? Got anything strong?
0: No, I saw the tweet, but you're right. That's pretty much, I ever listened to him, that's all it ever was. It was always just, you know, ripping on Detroit. And, you know, we we all seen the articles prior that the Lions, like, tried to get him off the air and, you know, pretty much has it in for him. But you're right, that's all it is. Just people calling in to listen to him, see how he's going to, you know, turn anything into the negative. So it would just irk Lions fans. So that's, that's what he does. I mean, we all know it. I stopped listening to those guys a long time ago. So, that's, you just kind of get tired of hearing the same crap over and over again.
1: How, how, how about a Grifka whatever from Mike Valente? <laughs>
0: yeah. Hey, Mike Valenti, whatever. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mike Valenti, this one's from me. That was a disgraceful performance. <laughs> That's for you. That's every every one of your shows. You just play Jim Mora just to remind you how horrible your takes are and, and that – that thing you want to call a radio show is here in the city of Detroit. Okay. We get it. Our teams don't have rings. We don't have a million super bowls. We we haven't, don't have the greatest sports teams right now, but it doesn't mean fire everyone start over every season. I mean, I don't think that's a very intelligent response. So anyway, I want to get that off my chest. Grifka, let's go back to PFF for a moment. I know you have your issues. You know that I support them not only because I do work there, but also because These guys put in the time, the effort, and they watch every snap of every game and every... League, NFL, college, you know, everything that's football, these guys are all on top of it. They're starting to get into high school. They're getting into draft. Everything they've got going is just uh, kind of the best analysis out there because these guys aren't just making it up. They're literally grading every minute detail of football. So, you know, Frank Ragnow is is the second-ranked center right now based on what I saw you got to love that. Kenny Galladay in his return was a 77.2, so one of the top-graded players. Really nice to have Kenny back in the fold. I want to play a quick game, Griff. I've got the the whole roster up and a lot of these players, a lot of the main players, they have what they're ranked out of all the starting people at that position, you know, or all the, um, yeah, I don't know if it's starters or just the the main players at whatever spot, wide receiver, quarterback, running back, defense, name a player. And I'll tell you where he ranks in the overall number of players they have here uh, based on what they've done so far this season.
0: Um, let's go with uh, was it Tyrell Crosby?
1: Crosby, the newfound right tackle for the Detroit Lions. What'd you think about them playing him on the right side, moving Hal Vitai in at guard? Would you did you like that? You think it worked out or what?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, it would have been Vitai's first start, and I don't think they felt they had another guard that could, uh, you know, fill in. You know, when they moved Jackson over for, you know, nice job, Joe Dahl. So, uh, yeah, yeah I, I was okay with it.
1: All right. So Terrell Crosby is 31st out of 71 tackles. So kind of right in the middle range there. I mean, again, he's he's been in and out throughout his career. I've always thought he's been a... Um, okay, you know, we'll put him in the Grifka okay category when he's been in. I mean, he hasn't sucked, but he hasn't been that great. Um, so I, I've been okay. I think he's played a little bit better as of late, but it's not a guy I really ha- want to hang my hat on over there at right tackle. He's sort of underperformed based on what I thought coming out of the draft, but um, he's put in a couple good performances, no doubt. You got another player, Grifka. Keep this game oh, going.
0: Yeah, let's go with uh, your boy Jarhead Davis. <laughs>
1: all right Jared Davis let me see here it's not at the very bottom I'll tell you that uh, where are my linebackers here Jared Davis group he's 39th out of 77th linebacker so right in the middle right in the middle there of uh, linebacker rankings per PFF he's in the uh, in the 50s and 60s in his overall ratings Oh,
0: Probably because he's had so few plays to get graded the last couple of weeks and he's never <laughs> on the field because he sucks. So, okay, I guess you can't really complain about that one. Um, I guess well, like said, you
1: were you were happy they took him off the field. I, I felt like I'd still like to see him more in, in, a, in more of a rush role, but he, he's got to earn those snaps. So they took him off uh, against the Cardinals and it seemed to work out. So happy day for you. I, I know you love it when our players are, are horrible and you get just glee out of that.
0: Yep. Um, let's do the last one here. Let's go with uh, your boy Frankenstein, Christian Jones, a totem pole out there.
1: <laughs> Christian Jones, seven spots ahead of Jared Davis, thirty-second out of seventy-seven rated linebackers. He uh, he rates uh, in pass rush nearly a seventy uh, rating. He is a forty-seven in coverage and fifty-five in run defense for an overall fifty-five point seven for Christian Jones. Huh.
0: Okay. <laughs> just, uh, we'll, we'll just go with those three. Let's let's keep moving. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. A couple other things to finish out the show. Uh, one funny side nugget. I sent this to you, Grifka. Bill Keenis has decided to follow me on Twitter. There, there is no um, word if this is, he does not have a blue check Mark, but uh random Bill Keenis gave me a follow. I know we've, we've done a whole uh, tribute show to him in the past. We've uh, brought him up. Grifka, what's something Bill Keenis might show say if we ever brought him on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Couple more for Oak. <laughs> <laughs> the legendary Bill Keenis. If you guys don't know who we're talking about, he's that dude with the big goatee and the white hair that you'd always see behind the podium during uh, pressers, and his his go to line was, "Couple more for coach." <laughs> I think that's all he says. He probably has like a little wind up or a button in the back of his shirt. There, he just presses that when he knows it's time to close up the press conference. But uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I think like, Schwartz I don't
0: know. one that would always like Bill will get that for you. <laughs> right. Bill, will get, you know, like that's like what Schwartz go to line. It's like Hey, uh, you know, uh, Coach Schwartz, uh, could you get us the stat? Yeah, could you get us the statue for the game? Yeah, Bill will get that for you. It's like, uh, hey, he's like the guy. You must have been the gopher. It's like, who's getting lunch today? Oh, Bill will get that for you. <laughs> Need my car wash, Bill. Will get that for you. It.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, it's a uh, we, we did the tribute show when Bill Keenest is no longer with the Detroit Lions. I don't know if he uh, they wished him well on his future endeavors, or or maybe he's just out there tweeting now and following great podcasts like the Detroit Kool Aid Cast. I'm not quite for sure. <laughs> but uh, Grifka, let's finish it up with this. I mean, what four minutes left in the ball game? Lions uh, tied up. Lions get the football. Deep in their territory, inside the 10. Uh, I hate to even ask what you were thinking at this point, but uh, what were you thinking? And also, talk me through how much you love Bing, Bam, Boom down the field. Um, even despite a couple calls that brought the the touchdown back, and some other things like being able to move it down the football field, put him in great range, couple great throws by Stafford, win the game. I mean, straight up dagger time, son.
0: Yeah, what I was thinking when they got the ball at that point, I was just like, oh, gosh, man, this, it's one of those things I'm always like, there's such a long way to go. It's such a long way to go. And then, they, you know, they're like, oh, okay, they're getting a little closer. Okay, they're getting a little closer. Getting a little closer. And, you know, it's just like, come on. you know. And then, you know, it's like, oh, could they do this? Could they do this? Come on. And it's just like, getting, and it's like, I don't mind, you know, kicking a field goal to win it. But it's like one of those things I almost wanted to be like the chippiest of chip shots. It seems like. At points, they're like, okay, we're within 50 yards. This will be a 50 yard We're good. You know, don't get sacked. Don't do this. You know, we'll take the points. It's like, it's still 50 yards to kick a field goal. That's that's a long field goal. You know, I realize Prater's got a cannon, but still. So it's like, you know, I like those. This is a 23-yarder to win it. Good. You should make this. But, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the when, when they started to uh, move the ball down, you get the, the chunk plays here and there, getting down the field. It was definitely, catchment. maybe they can do this. Maybe they can do this. You know, maybe they can do this. And
1: then, you know, ultimately they won. Cornbread! Griffco, what do we got to do? What's something that we can maybe give you that would, like, get you more optimistic? When the Lions get it on the 10, you got Matt Stafford at quarterback, you got all our weapons. Instead of thinking, oh, it's a long line, oh, I don't know if they can do. Oh, man, they probably go three and out and kick it to Kyler Murray, and he'll win because he's just this phenomenal talent that everybody loves. Uh, is there something maybe we could give you that would like switch that to where you'd be optimistic and be like, man, we're about to go down and get points and win this football game. Um, drink it
0: in. Uh, <laughs> right, I'm just going to fill up
1: your cornbread. cup cornbread. here with a little cornbread and Kool-Aid.
0: Drink it man. in. Drink it I'm in. in a little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> a and somebody some... responded to one of your with, <laughs> tweets with tweets with that, and I loved it.
1: <laughs> I think I had to shout it out. Somebody too. They were they were actually popping popping the uh, the bubbly uh, after the W. So I sent them the old Chris Jericho gift. But Griffco we gotta get you some better Detroit Kool Aid because I know you think you've been or you you'd like to mention on the show you've been beat down for years. I've seen it a million times. Like there's gotta be a point where you, even though the the last couple weeks didn't go our way, where you're just like, all right. I know me and the friends I was texting, which again, me and Griffka are on a no texting anymore during football games because we had many of fights and uh, didn't want to lose a friendship over just his negativity and my optimisticness with the Lions. But uh, I know the people I was texting with were like, let's go get this ball game. Let's go take this right now. Let's not even give them the football back. And sure enough, that's what happened. So I absolutely loved it. Matt Prater, absolute money. Gotta love it. Grifka... I know I've shared the different types of Kool-Aid with the people, everybody. I'm sure a lot of you out there are drinking a Kool-Aid that me and Grifka don't serve up here on the show. But I told you about the blue Mios. I told you about the uh, the Detroit Kool-Aid, which gives you the old okey-doke because it's in the uh, packet that actually has the red Kool-Aid man on the front. Yet it's blue Kool-Aid. It's kind of crazy. But, Grifka, I found a new Kool-Aid. I actually haven't tried it yet, but uh, something I want to pub for the people.
0: Really? What's it called?
1: Blue Hawaiian Punch, man. Straight up, uh, gosh, I forget what kind it's called. Some has some cool name, but, man, Perfect Lions Honolulu Blue. Go ahead and get yourself a big old, came in the big old jug, too. Next time we actually get to tailgate, probably 2021, 2022, whenever that is. Um, bring in the old big 10-gallon jug of, of Hawaiian Punch Blue uh, for our Detroit Lions. Absolutely love it.
0: Oh, okay. That might be something I have to hunt down and uh, give it a try.
1: Griffka, if I bring you a glass, would you do this? Drink it in uh... Yeah, of course I'd try it. <laughs> Everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Um, we've talked about a lot today. Uh, I'm going to be all fired up on a Friday show. There was a couple players I was going to call out because I need a little bit more from them, just kind of like I did last week where they showed up. I'll save that for Friday. you got to check us out there. Everybody... Big W for the Detroit Lions. One win, two losses. We get it. Still lots of work to do. We're going to break down the Saints game on Friday right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But before we go, I mean, you just never know what might happen here at the end of the show. I mean, I think it's only fitting that we have to turn to the the genius, the one and only, the uh, guy that just keeps us on our edge of our seats here on the show. And we just got to check with Grifka, Grifsky, the waffle maker, one more time to say, hey, Grifka, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, Nope. He's all out of info, everybody. He's just tapped out. He's going to catch us Friday. Um, it's not a surprise for you, those of you that listen to the show. That's one of our uh, funny things we do here at the end of the show. But everybody, drink that Detroit Kool-Aid. Enjoy this W. Don't let people tell you, oh, there's they're just one lucky win. Who cares? Hey. Try to build off this W um, heading into the bye week. If not, come back after the bye week. Play some good football. We'll talk about that Saints game on Friday. Try to make you laugh and have a bunch more fun right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. We're out. Back This game is over. It is over. What a comeback by the Lions. Drink it in, man.